The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Storytelling inspires, engages, and moves people to action. It's a superpower that anyone can learn. Welcome to Story Powered with your host, Leanne Pico. Stories can hold you back, and stories can move you forward. Let our program help you activate your storytelling superpower and take your business to the next level. Now, here is Leanne Pico. Hello, and welcome to Story Powered. I'm your host, Leanne Pico, and today's episode of Story Powered is called Creating an Emotional Connection. Thank you so much for joining me today. It is now about minus 13 degrees Celsius here in Toronto, and uh, I think that's about 8 degrees Fahrenheit for for those of you listening in the United States, and I think it's a good day to stay in, stay warm, and listen to some stories. So thank you very much for coming and for listening. Uh, Before we get started on today's show, I want to thank my guest from last week, Helen Kuiper from 24-7 Storytelling in the Netherlands. We had a great chat about the power of story and how to create a business tool called a story field that enables you to have the right story for the right time. The episode is in the on-demand library on the Story Powered page, and you can check it out if you've not already heard it. But don't do that just yet, as we have a great show lined up for you today. After the story of the week, I'll be chatting with Jonathan Bennett from Laird Communications about creating an emotional connection with your audience and how to tell a great story using creative writing and literary techniques. We'll also be talking about what business and nonprofits can learn from each other about storytelling. So stay tuned for that. Um, But first of all, this week on the story of the week, we are talking shoes. And I have to tell you that I am combining two of my favorite things right now, which are shoes and story. So um, please uh, indulge me. Um, I want to talk to you about a couple of companies today that are doing story really well. And I think that they are creating an emotional connection with their audience um, as well as doing great business. So we're going to talk about um, Zappos and Tom's. So they're both highly story-oriented, as I said, and they are really great examples of how creating an emotional connection with your audience and building your story from the inside out truly makes good business. So Zappos um, frames their business as a family, and it's really interesting. They call their, when you go to their, instead of an about page, they have the Zappos family story. And I'm just going to read you a little bit of that. Um, They say, in the beginning, let there be shoes. The year was 1999. And our founder, Nick Swinmurn, was walking around a mall in San Francisco looking for a pair of shoes. One store had the right style, but not the right color. Another store had the right color, but not the right size. Nick spent the next hour in the mall walking from store to store and finally went home empty-handed and frustrated. At home, Nick tried looking for shoes online and was again unsuccessful. Although there were a lot of mom-and-pop stores selling shoes online, what was interesting to Nick was that there was no major online retailer that specialized in shoes. So, since it was 1999, and anything seemed possible at the time, Nick decided to quit his day job and start an online shoe retailer, and Zappos.com was born. So, as you can see, they tell a great story, quite uh, short, but you get the idea of where the, the business came from. 
like I say, they frame um, their their uh, folks who work with them as family, and they actually call them their monkeys, meet our monkeys, which is quite fun. Um, now, they're, uh, they also have their a very unique culture, and, and if you ever get a chance to check out their culture book, I highly recommend it. It's very, very good. And so they have their core values, and, and I'm going to read you their core values because it actually backs up, it tells another part of their story, which is which is their reason for being is... is um, how their founder kind of created it, but this is their reason for for staying and delivering great customer service. So they've got deliver wow through service, embrace and drive change, create fun and a little weirdness, be adventurous, creative and open-minded, pursue growth and learning, build open and honest relationships with communication, build a positive team and family spirit, do more with less, be passionate and determined, be humble. So as you can see, that tells a really solid story about what their values are, but also about how they go about doing their business. And their um, CEO who took over about in 1990, uh, I think it was in the early 2000s, Tony Shea, um, has actually written a book called Delivering Happiness. So the emotional connection that they're really establishing firmly is about happiness. And it's about enabling people, the idea of using story around family and about you know, bringing their customers in as part of their family that helps create the connection and then it maintains it with with uh, the, the feeling of intimacy and, and concentrating on happiness. So that's Zappos and it's a it's a really great business. If you could get if you if you're thinking about your about about us and how to frame the story of your business, I really recommend checking them out. So another business that um, has a really great story is Tom's. Um, so I'm going to read you a little bit of theirs and then we're going to re- um, uh, go on to some of their storytelling. So in 2006, American traveler Blake McCoskey befriended children in a village in Argentina and found they had no shoes to protect their feet. Wanting to help, he created Tom's, a company that would match every pair of shoes purchased with a pair of new shoes given to a child in need, one for one. So now since that time, they've given 35 million pairs of shoes to children in need. And they put it this way. We've given 35 million pairs of shoes to children in need, teaching us 35 million lessons. So again, they're kind of looking at, um, uh, you know, talking a bit about adventure, about giving. And then they have a, a hashtag, which is hashtag I am Tom. And how it reads is Tom is not a single person. It is the idea that the decisions we make today can echo into the future. If you believe in finding adventure while building a better tomorrow, you're Tom. If you shop consciously, volunteer with an organization that is changing lives, take part in creating a sustainable future, or help raise awareness of issues affecting lives across the globe, you are Tom. If you purchase a pair of Tom's shoes, including Tom's roasting company in your daily ritual, add Tom's eyewear to your outfit of the day, or send a special gift from Tom's marketplace, you are Tom. We're in this together. So what a great story in terms of creating a community of people who are able to connect together in terms of giving, but also in terms of having quality items and, and um, you know, it's so they're talking about shoes, coffee and eyewear. Um, and each of those items is a one for one. So, you, you know, the, t- the shoes, a child gets a pair of shoes. The roasting company is about water. There's a, um, a donation of clean water. And the eyewear is a donation of, of eyeglasses to increase um, people's sight in, in, in other countries where, where they don't have as ready access as we do in the West. So what a great story. Helps people get connected to them as a company. It helps their customers feel part of what they're doing. 
So I really recommend, again, that you go and check out Tom's. There's a story section. And um, what I really like about this company is they put the stories of their of the people they help first, and they have their about, which I've just written from, but they also have on a section called stories. And there's a really great story I recommend you go and read, which is called Zhao Yu's New Winter Boots. And there's a really cute picture of a young girl receiving some lovely new boots. And it tells a story on its own, but then they have a, a lovely written story um, about how they save the children, which is Tom's, uh, that's their giving partner in China, has has worked with Save the Children to get some boots to Zhao Yu. And it's a really lovely story. So highly recommend you check out Zappos and Tom's to see really great examples of businesses that are um, creating an emotional connection, but also maintaining it by by bringing in their, their um, customers into their circle. So either as a family or as Tom. So... Uh, Just to let you know that neither Zappos or Tom's is sponsoring the show. I'm just a full admirer of their way of doing business. Uh, However, if either business is listening and is interested in sponsoring Story Powered, I'd love to hear from you. Yep, that's a cheeky sponsorship plug. So um, anyway, check those out. They're they're really great examples of of companies that are, are creating great culture and doing great stuff. Okay, now I'd like to introduce you to my guest today. Uh, Jonathan Bennett is a writer and a principal at Laraday Communications. Jonathan provides sought-after strategic counsel and has a wealth of experience in public and nonprofit sector communications, planning, branding, marketing, and governance. Jonathan's past roles include Chief Communications Officer and Director of Planning at the Peterborough Regional Health Centre, where he was a member of the hospital's senior management team for six years. Jonathan has worked in management consulting, the healthcare sector, the book publishing industry, and the nonprofit sector. As a volunteer board member, he was president of the Kawartha Halliburton Children's Aid Society and was a committee member or committee chair on the board of the Writers Trust of Canada. Jonathan is also the author of six critically acclaimed books, the most recent of which is The Colonial Hotel, which was written last year. His previous work includes the critically acclaimed novels Entitlement and After Battersea Park, two collections of poetry, Civil and Civic, and Here is My Street, this tree I planted, and a collection of short stories. Veranda People. Um, oh, sorry, Veranda People, which was runner-up for the Danuta Gleed Literary Award. He's also a winner of the K.M. Hunter Artist Award in Literature. And Jonathan Bennett's other writing has appeared in many periodicals and journals, including The Globe and Mail, The Walrus, Southerly, Cordite, Antipodes, and Decant. Jonathan was born in Vancouver, raised in Sydney, Australia, and he now lives in the village of Keene near Peterborough, Ontario, Canada. So, Jonathan, welcome to Story Powered. Thanks so much for being with us today. It's a pleasure. Welcome. Thanks. Now, you were telling me as we were, when we were chatting before the show. Now, I was I was um, saying that it's minus thirteen here in Toronto, but what what's the temperature over there in Peterborough? Yeah, it's closer to minus twenty here. I think now. <laughs> yeah, I, I think sometimes we complain a little bit in Toronto, but uh, our, our people out in other art, in other parts of the country get a little bit worse. So uh, I hope you're staying warm. I'm inside happily. Good for you. Good for you. So, Jonathan, tell us a little bit about your story. Um, you obviously you've you've lived in in different places. How did you get to to where you are now? Yeah, well, uh, thanks for that lovely introduction. It's uh, that was that was the full one. Uh, with all the pieces, so uh, that was thank you. Uh, so there's been really two kind of main interests in my life. Uh, one is books and writing and literature, and the other has developed in tandem with that, which is a career in the nonprofit, cause-driven uh, organization sector. 
And I guess I kind of began idealistically, uh, you know, as a young fella coming out of university. And, you know, I, I wanted to be a writer. I wanted to, I wanted to write novels and poems. And I sunk all my time and energy on that long and um, difficult apprenticeship. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm pleased to kind of look back on uh, my work so far, my literary work so far, and I, you know, I, I feel like I've had a good career. I've, I've written some good books, and um, I, um, I'm proud of them. I'm proud of them. But probably, you. uh, as your listeners can imagine, uh, there's always times when you're writing, uh, you know, literary work, I, they just, it's just not going to pay the bills. So I found myself kind of growing a second career uh, along the way. And uh, at some point, I really came to love that too, and um, and so now I, I I write books, I write novels, and I write poems, uh, and I also I'm a management consultant to nonprofit and public sector organizations um, where I do planning and branding and facilitation of change in its many different many different ways. So uh, a couple of years ago, I realized uh, that I had probably to protect. Uh, my literary self uh, from being sullied by any kind of day work. Uh, I had always kept them separate. But a few years ago, I realized that, in fact, uh, I was both these things, and I was probably going to continue to be both these things for the rest of my life. And so uh, I started thinking about how do I, how do I combine them, how do I be uh, more honest about these two pieces of my life. And so I... Uh, began to think about it and realized that really what I know about writing and storytelling has enormous application to what I do as a consultant for organizations. And so now I, now I use, now I use what I know, uh, artistically in, in my work as, uh, as a consultant. And I, and I freely, uh, I freely take from, uh, that, you know, what I'll kind of call narrative theory. Uh, and apply it to uh, to the kind of consulting work that I do. Oh, fantastic. And that's such a great um, example and a story of how, because a lot of times I think people who are thinking about entrepreneurship or who have creative outlets, sometimes, like you say, they really separate it out. And um, I think that's a hard life to live sometimes, because like you say, you kind of have your day person and your your night person. And so, um, you know, what I love about story is that it brings it all together because we have to be a little creative when we're thinking about story. So, um, so what do you think in terms of your approach and how does your, um, the fact that you are a writer and you, you have written several books and poems and, and short stories, how does that affect your work with nonprofits? Oh, I mean, it, it, it profoundly shapes uh, how I approach my work. Uh, I am regular. It doesn't really matter what kind of work. I'm, I'm a, I'm very much a generalist. I, uh, you know, I describe myself using the cliche of being a mile wide and an inch deep. Uh, right. I work Good with organizations <laughs> that are, um, that, you know, that are membership driven, some, are social service agencies, some are arts organizations, uh, some, are, uh, you know, public sector government organizations. And so, uh, I never know what, sector I'm going to be in. I, you know, sometimes I'm working in employment and other times uh, with economics and other times with uh, social services or charities. So uh, I can't possibly be a subject matter expert and I, I don't 
but I'm trying to be. Uh, but what I do do is I try to understand uh, the shape of the story that the organization is working on. And I know that sounds vague, but uh, when you apply it to doing strategy uh, or apply it to doing branding or apply it to doing crisis communications or even an operational review, uh, it starts to take, uh, take on a life of its own. And organizations get themselves into uh, all kinds of <laughs> interesting spots. And um, I spend a lot of time trying to understand the story to date. And uh, when you apply a storytelling lens, you begin to think about, okay, well, what's next in this story? If the story that they have right now isn't going well, or if it's just not exciting enough or it's not delivering on the promise that the organization's making, how do you change it? What new plot points need to happen uh, in the next, you know, X period to bend the shape of that story? And what do we need to do so tomorrow's headline says a different thing than today today does? And so I, I, I am constantly using that kind of framework, uh, partly because it connects with people uh, and it's fairly simple, but, uh, and, and it pulls people up and out of, um, you know, the, the uh, well, the, just the weeds <laughs> of their work and, and, and where they're kind of stuck and helps them sort of see that, in fact, we could change things and the story could be, it could sound different. And in fact, if we write it differently today, uh, we can design a future state of whatever it is, whether it's a brand or a strategy or a service uh, that can sound and look and be profoundly different than the one that they have today. And uh, it, it, it helps my work so much. Nice, nice. I think that that's such a great point, you know, um, for any organization, whether it's a business or a nonprofit, is that, um, you know, it is a journey and, and you know, there's a the story continues to unfold at whatever point or stage they are in and it's um often it's sometimes when they're caught in when people are caught in processes or caught in um strife or, or difficult times they get caught in the detail like you say and and it feels very hard to get out of the weeds so um so I love that I love that framework around story so now we're about to take a commercial break I am Leanne Picot, and you are listening to Story Powered on the Voice America Business Channel. If you want to find out more about me and story coaching, you can visit my website at www.verygoodstories.com. But stay tuned to find out why creating an emotional connection with your business or your nonprofit is crucial and what both sectors can learn from each other. We'll be back soon. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Activate and grow your storytelling superpower with Leanne Pico of Very Good Stories. Stories inspire, stories engage, and stories move people to action. It's pretty powerful stuff. Story coach Leanne Pico will help you develop your storytelling skills to be a more effective leader, build a more powerful brand, or create a team of storytelling powerhouses. You can email Leanne at leanne at verygoodstories.com or check out her website at verygoodstories.com. Contact Leanne today to grow your storytelling superpower. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Conversations concerning money can be a bit daunting. There can be limitations with building wealth. And in general, people don't want to discuss their money until now. Listen each week for Conversations with Money, featuring Franco Caligiuri and Marissa Sipolinski. Our guests make money the conversation piece. How to build and maintain wealth, working with charities, and money and family members. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Story Powered with Leanne Pico. If you want to find out more about Leanne or the program, connect with us on the web at verygoodstories.com. Now, back to Story Powered. Welcome back to Story Powered with me, your host, Leanne Picot, and my guest, Jonathan Bennett from Laraday Communications. So before the break, um, I was talking to Jonathan about his background in the corporate, um, nonprofit, and government sectors, as well as his talent as a novelist, short story writer, and poet. So we're now going to get into the why and the what of creating an emotional connection through storytelling. We're going to explore, um, you know, the various sectors. It's it's really interesting right now because um, the nonprofit sector and business and uh, Jonathan and I were just talking a little bit about this during the break, is they're merging. They're starting to merge in terms of how they talk about themselves and how they um, operate in the world. So we're going to talk a little bit about what business and nonprofits can learn from each other about storytelling. So my first question to you, Jonathan, is why do you think that creating an emotional connection through storytelling is important? Well, I think that we know, and the science bears it out, that people remember what they feel uh, and they remember far less of what they're simply just told. So we know this through education, adult learning, uh, basic classroom uh, teaching, the things that you experience and that you have an emotional reaction and connection with tend to bury themselves deep, and, uh, and they are things that you feel, and you want to... Uh, connect with them and remain connected with them, and they uh, they affect you. And so, when thinking about that uh, within the context of telling stories uh, and being, um, you know, whether you're sort of designing a new service or a new product, or uh, you're trying to frame your business's story or your nonprofit's uh, new brand, uh, if people are connecting with them emotionally, then they're gonna, uh, you know be more likely to take action and purchase something from you or support you or donate money to you. Uh, so, you know, I think from uh, what I was saying a little earlier about, you know, kind of narrative theory, um, anybody that's taken a little creative writing uh, in a very early class, they're going to hear this old axiom that gets thrown around a lot, which is uh, show, don't tell. And uh, that's largely because in a story, the extent to which a reader or a listener experiences something, it ignites their imagination. And when their imagination is firing, 
you're literally putting images and ideas in somebody's mind for them. They're hard at work. And when they're at work because of the story that you're telling, then you've got them. And that's why storytelling is so powerful, and that's why it's lasted as long as it has. So we connect with people's emotional journeys, and we feel, for example, conflict in a story deeply. Taking, you know, a simple element of a story like plot, when any of us leave the, uh, you know, a movie and we walk out onto the street, if we complain about the ending of the movie, it's because there's a piece of unresolved plot for us there. We're so literate in plot resolution, if you will, that when it doesn't work, it really makes us mad. Right, uh, and a lot of times we don't that, even know why, right? Yeah, yeah, and like that's the, you know, as you spill onto the street with your friends and you're arguing about why that movie wasn't <laughs> good, yeah. uh, you're really talking about narrative theory. You're really talking yeah. about, about plot not resolving in a satisfactory way. Right. But you can use that in a forward or a predictive way. So if you're working on a strategy or you're working on a new business or you're working on a new nonprofit's uh, strategic plan, if you think about it uh, in the same way, you know, what is going to resolve our current situation in a satisfactory way? What will tomorrow's headline be? What will the end of the story be that's going to make our stakeholders or our customers or our clients happy and excited in a way that they're not currently today? then nice. you're starting to use the shape of the story to solve your business problems. Absolutely. Now you used, and uh, just, I, I like that you use the words happy and excited because it's one of the key things that I wanted to pull out is um, we can have an emotional connection. There's lots of different emotions that we can connect to. And, um, you know, historically, um, I'm going to make a very generalist statement here. So I hope our listeners will forgive me. But um, often in business, it's been a very kind of, uh, unemotional um, piece, but in the nonprofit sector, we've often relied upon um, fear or guilt and sometimes anger um, to try and get people moving either by uh, volunteering or donating. Um, we've also done, I think we've also probably done it in business in terms of scare tactics around trying to get sales. So I'm wondering, Jonathan, you know, what we want to create an emotional connection, but, but what do we need to be um, careful about? I think that the kind of, uh, it was a great observation you just made, I think that the kind of, uh, for example, fundraising tactics that you were sort of describing there that the nonprofits, uh, you know, have historically used uh, are really going out of favor. Uh, yeah. People are not trying to re-victimize victims in order to uh, raise money on their behalf uh, because you're increasing the stigma if you're showing the negative side of a person's problem in Absolutely. trying to raise money for them. Yeah, and uh, just to say, can I just interrupt? A stereotype yeah. is not a story. Yeah, I would, I would say so. I would say so. Yeah. Stories need to be individual. People need to connect with a character. And one of the gaps that I see in, um, shall I call it, kind of corporate storytelling, it's quite a buzzword, obviously, right now. We should probably address that. Uh, yeah. People are using storytelling as a synonym for marketing. And, right, yes. Uh, I would just say that's, uh, that's, you know, that's not how it works. You don't wrap your value 
proposition uh, in quotation marks and attribute it to your CEO and call that a story. Yes, that's, that's not right. how it works. A story has a beginning, a middle, and an end. It's somebody uh, that uh, finds himself on some kind of, uh, you know, either a journey or some kind of movement through change and comes out the other side of it in a way that reflects a new state of affairs, a new, a new, uh, a new moment for that for that person. In whatever right. I'm speaking as broadly as I can, and when you apply that to, uh, you know, to telling an organization story, then suddenly things come to life. People connect with that individual character, like uh, like in your opening uh, uh, section uh, about Zappos. Uh, right. You know, there was an individual person there who went through a change and now created something new to solve a problem. But yeah. it wasn't a gen- they weren't general branding statements or general marketing statements, I should say. That was that was a, an individual on a journey, and so that's, right. that's why yeah. it resonates. Now, in terms of when we're talking about. Um so just maybe we can talk a little bit about business and nonprofits and what they can learn from each other now in terms of that journey. Um, what's really interesting is that we have tended, um, probably both in business and nonprofits, to make the organization the hero. So the characters often been, and I'm, I'm just, um, I was in the nonprofit sector for a very long time, and, and often, you know, the fact that you're an organization, you've survived is is worthy of of becoming the hero and and same with business often would be kind of position themselves as coming to save the day and and I'm I'm just thinking about how both business and nonprofits are are storytelling you know the ones that are telling great stories now they're much more focused on somebody else and it's not themselves it's actually the customer what do you think about that yeah it's 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 really inverted now so it needs to be uh, not about you, it's about them. Mm-hmm. And the extent to which you help them solve a problem, your client, your customer, your stakeholders, the extent to which you help them be better, uh, realize their own uh, hopes and dreams, solve their own, solve problems for them, uh, and you know, remove barriers, that just washes back on yeah. an organization or a company, uh, and people join the dots. That's the show-don't-tell part. That's yeah. what it looks like uh, when you're not actively talking about what you're doing, but rather the effect that you're having on somebody's life being better. And so Absolutely. through that barrier to look through, you know, to look at the messaging from the perspective of, of the person who's receiving the message is, is a really important shift that we've seen occur over the course of the last, uh, last few years. Absolutely, and I think that that's um, in a way uh, one of the things that business can really learn from nonprofits is that that thing around impact, because uh, the nonprofit sector, and I know there are probably some nonprofit folks rolling their eyes right now as I say impact and outcomes. Uh, we've had to prove for quite some time how we're changing lives in order to access all sorts of kinds of funding, and rightly so, in my opinion. Um, but we've become um, not all nonprofits, but many have become very, very good at sharing their impact and I'm seeing the word impact um, occur in lots of the business thought leaders now they're talking about impact a lot more how are you changing the lives of your customers and and that's the the front-end story that they're they're saying um, should be told yeah and you you know you really did see that kind of messaging and that kind of uh, storytelling in, in the in the first two examples that you used at the at the uh, outset of the show yeah uh, 
increasingly it becomes difficult to tell, uh, you know, cause-related marketing and, um, you know, social entrepreneurship uh, and non-profits and um, for-profit businesses but that have a really strong social connection. Uh, the language and the approach is kind of interchangeable on some level. It, 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 it's really everybody's borrowing from each other now uh, yeah. because they know that people want to invest, people want to purchase from, people want to donate to organizations that aren't evil and that right. do yeah. great work and that change lives. And it doesn't matter whether you're, uh, you know, you just need a new pair of shoes uh, or if you uh, you know, trying to alleviate homelessness. Either right. way, uh, you know, show me that my money is making a bit of a difference. Well, and I guess we also want to be engaged into it. I mean, we want to be, you know, pulled in. And I, whenever I do my training with folks, I talk about the change in marketing, but it's also, like we said before, the change in the nonprofit. So both businesses and nonprofits are, they are tasked with having to engage, whether it's customers, donors, clients, or and, or staff nowadays, too. Yeah, I, I see that in my work uh, enormously. The thing that I think has changed, for example, in planning, in, especially in strategic planning, in, in the in the nonprofit sector, is uh, is everybody now needs to uh, go and do stakeholder engagement. So I don't just sit down and uh, you know go to a local golf club with the volunteer board members and hash yes, it out for right. a Saturday afternoon. Uh, that's that's gone. I mean, we may yep. do that too, but that's after uh, many other things have occurred and. Uh, the most important piece of any uh, strategic planning process now is going to the people. And so I spend time talking to clients, interviewing clients, holding focus groups with clients and participants. I talk to staff. I talk to other stakeholders. Uh, and I ask for their stories. And it's the yeah. amalgamation of those voices that I bring into the planning room. So uh, it's not just uh, a little echo chamber of a board who, you know, really ha- only have as much information as, uh, as the ED has given them. <laughs> uh, right, yeah, exactly. To uh, make, make new strategy. So we bring in all those Absolutely. voices, and, um, and then we're far, you know, better able to uh, create a better plan. And, of course, hopefully all these stakeholders, when they see the plan, uh, will see themselves in it, and it's going to resonate more. Yeah, good for you. And, and that's such a crucial point. And, you know, that thing about evaluation and how do you evaluate how you're doing? And so what you're not saying to me is that you sent out, you know, 100 surveys and 20 people answered. And so you've collected the data and shared it through your PowerPoint. <laughs> so, you know, and that's the thing that I think that, um, you know, I love about story and I've always used story in, in the, the work that I have done for evaluation purposes is that the stories are where the richness is um, that help, you know, either get to the board members because board members aren't there all the time. They're not always on the floor. They're not always um, in front of the, the uh, clients. Um, but similarly, business, it's interesting. I'm seeing a lot more businesses now starting to pay attention to and, and to think about going to their stakeholders and asking um, and finding out what their stories are. So, um, so what a great point. I think that that's um, a key piece. Is there anything else? We've got about a, a couple minutes to the break. Is there anything else that you think that business and nonprofits can learn from each other about story? Well, I mean, I, I think that nonprofits have probably picked up on, uh, you know, a level of market research that, frankly, the for-profit sector has been much better at for a long time. Yeah. Uh, however, as we see, you know, new lean startup 
uh, ideas come into play and uh, transfer from you know the startup world into uh, nonprofits and social enterprises. Uh, I think that that's all starting to get quite blended. Uh, how organizations reach out to uh, their potential customers or potential stakeholders to find out whether there's really uh, a value proposition there and whether there's really uh, a need. Um, and I think that right, the most yes. wonderful way of doing that is to, uh, you know, collect up the stories and, and really sort of see where the themes emerge and uh, and what can you design that's going to really address uh, the needs that are embedded inside these, you know, the real lives of people that, are, that you're speaking with. Absolutely, and and you know, and I, and again, the 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 fact that you brought up need, and and that's a, a really key piece for both, um, you know, well, for all sectors really, in terms of nonprofits or government or or the business sector, is where is the a need, and um, just because we started off with doing this one thing doesn't mean it's it's going to stay the same all the time, and and that's the bit I guess um, you know I love about collecting stakeholders' stories is that it starts getting us to think about what is our next story. What will our, our what is the what are the new needs? How can we address them? How can we meet them? Should we even address them? And and that conversation is is a great one for any business or any organization to have around. And you know, again, in in, in the nonprofit sector, we tend to have um, three to five year strategic plans. Um, a lot more are going now to one year because it keeps them a lot more current. Indeed, indeed, I think. Uh I think that uh, the more that uh, organizations turn themselves inside out and open themselves up to feedback and maybe criticism, sure, but also many new success stories, uh, they can get stronger because people connect when they see their work, when they see their efforts and their stories being reflected in the new design of, of products and services. And um, I, I, you know, I, I just I think only good things can come of it. But in order to be good at that, you have to let go of the old top-down, total control, mm-hmm. uh, command and control kind of uh, leadership. And, and, uh, and, you know, by and large, I'm, I'm seeing the erosion of that in, in pretty much everywhere I look. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the other piece is that um, I think that's an excellent point is how can you know how you're doing if you don't listen to your employees and you don't listen to your clients or customers you you can kind of sit in your corner office uh what whatever sector you're working in and and think all is fine but um you know stories are are definitely a great way to and, and especially the ground up piece around listening story listening and and embracing the idea that you have things that um you can improve on but but also and again uh, people often think that listening to people means you're going to get criticism often you get your very best success stories and and nowadays with social media those are the things you want to share um, so thanks Jonathan we're, we're about 30 seconds away from break so um, we're going to take a break you're listening to Story Powered with Liam Picot and my guest Jonathan Bennett from Laraday Communications now you can find out more about Jonathan's work at um, com, and you can learn about his writing so remember Jonathan's written like six books so you can uh, find him at www.jonathanbennett.com we'll see you after the break America Business Network, the bottom line in business. 
Activate and grow your storytelling superpower with Leanne Pico of Very Good Stories. Stories inspire, stories engage, and stories move people to action. It's pretty powerful stuff. Story coach Leanne Pico will help you develop your storytelling skills to be a more effective leader, build a more powerful brand, or create a team of storytelling powerhouses. You can email Leanne at leanne at verygoodstories.com or check out her website at verygoodstories.com. Contact Leanne today to grow your storytelling superpower. Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has launched our mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host, no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. If you are in sales, do you repeatedly face the same challenges over and over? Slumping sales, job security worries, trying to get your brand off the ground. It's time to come over to a new way of thinking. It's time for Stand Up, Stand Out, or Stand Down with Malcolm Evans, the Sales Accent Guide. You'll hear what works today to keep you at the top of your sales game and increase your business directly from some of the most respected voices of the sales world. Tune in Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. listening to Story Powered with Leanne Pico. If you want to find out more about Leanne or the program, connect with us on the web at verygoodstories.com. Now, back to Story Powered. Welcome back. I'm Leanne Pico and I'm talking with Jonathan Bennett from Day Communications. Now, before the break, we were talking about creating an emotional connection and what the nonprofit business sectors can learn from each other about storytelling. We're now going to focus on the how. And it's really important. You know, it's so great. I always find when I listen, especially to the shows on, on Voice America, I'm really enjoying them talking about the, the ones that I um, often value most in terms of um, what I've listened to are the, are the shows that show the how, which is why we've built that into this structure so that you can actually walk away with some ideas and some uh, potential new skills to put the how of storytelling into action. So we're very privileged because Jonathan has actually written um, novels, short stories, and poems in addition to his communications work. So I feel really pleased that, um, and I'm looking forward to learning from Jonathan about um, how we use creative writing and literary principles in our storytelling, and then how do we use them to craft our stories? So, Jonathan, how do we how do we use all the good stuff that we you know when we sit and read our fiction books? How does it morph over into business? Well, I think there's a couple pieces here that uh, that we need to kind of unpack. Uh, the first are the elements of you know a good story, and we need a compelling character that's put in some amount of jeopardy. And so by that, I don't mean they're about to be pushed off a cliff, uh, but they ought to have some change that's occurring in their life. There's some obstacle that they're confronting. And so we connect quickly. Uh, We can uh, identify with uh, the character. If we've done some good 
stakeholder engagement or some good market research, we understand what the profile of that character should be, i.e. it should match the person you're trying to connect with. So ideal client? Sorry to interrupt you, kind of in business terms. So you should really understand that quite deeply and the things that, uh, you know, what happens in their life and why. Business, I think, is excellent uh, at really getting into the details uh, of, of, you know, where a person is when they're uh, thinking about making a purchase decision. Business <laughs> really, really gets right, that. Right, yes, thing. absolutely. Um, and I think, I think that nonprofits are far less good at that. Um, however, the next piece I think nonprofits are really good at, uh, understanding the journey of change and, uh, and, and overcoming an obstacle in order to, uh, you know, be a new person, which is as simple as having purchased a new product that you feel great about or in the nonprofit world, uh, participated in a program that has uh, given you a better level of literacy, let's say, or that has uh, given you new skills to find a job, or uh, maybe you've attended, uh, you know, a ballet for the first time. That journey uh, is is really the shape and the arc of a story. But people won't connect with it if it's written in general terms. It needs to be in specific terms, and it needs to be wrapped in an individual who everybody that ought to be reached will really connect with. And so they're the kind of principles that are really kind of in play. That's fantastic. And, you know, again, the the great thing is, is that, um, you know, you don't have to be a writer and you don't have to have taken a creative writing course, just need to pay attention to these principles. And, you know, we all have read stories. We've all had stories told to us and we, we do get, you know, Humans naturally understand story. So um, if we think about the character and we think about the arc and we think about um, in terms of the resolution. So I'm just wondering, um, you know, it's a tricky one for uh, nonprofits in particular. Like the, that might be the difference for maybe from business. Is in business, you buy the product, your life has changed. This is fantastic. In terms of nonprofits or government, often they're dealing with um, really deep social problems. So how would you talk to them about framing their story and being careful? Because, you know, if I'm a nonprofit um, working around literacy, I have to be really careful. And I have seen this a lot in people's missions. And and again, they're wonderful missions. They're wonderful ideas. um, But using words like eradicate, eliminate, those are big, big words. And then so when we're telling our story, it sometimes creates a disconnect because our story doesn't line up. We haven't eradicated literacy, um, but we have helped an individual change their ability to read. So I'm wondering, how do you work with organizations around, you know, tying in their lofty goals to the story structure? Yeah, I mean, uh, to me, it's uh, a little bit, um, only the very biggest organizations tend to have that um, sort of enormously big overpromise, like eradicate cancer. Uh, you know, really, really national organizations that are working at it at a policy level, at a research level, uh, you know, have their tentacles into uh, many, many, many places, tend to, uh, you know, frame their, frame their biggest vision as, you know, a world without uh, or a world that's overcome and then insert the disease profile or whatever it is. Uh, and... You know, on some level, I understand why they do that, because uh, they're huge, it's huge, let's get big about it, and right. I can appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, down a level, though, uh, the you know hundreds and hundreds of thousands of uh, small and mid-sized nonprofits across 
uh, you know, Canada and North America, uh, that really can't make that kind of promise. They're really just working at a community-based level or a regional level. They've got, um, you know, they're working maybe at a single, a single purpose, and they're just trying to make a difference. And so it's a matter of just, you know, getting it five more feet down the field. And so your question is, you know, how do you create a story that's going to inspire people to connect with them based on the fact that really they have limited ability to be able to show serious progress against what can be extremely chronic conditions that exist in our society, like poverty or homelessness or, you know, housing, um, you know, the, the, the social conditions around health, for example. They're, they're very difficult to show any movement, and they're multifactorial, of course. But that doesn't mean that an individual's life that attends a program can't be positively impacted by having come for that 13 weeks. And so... That's right reaching in and pulling out that one person's story uh, can be hope and it can be emblematic of others and that can be enough and that that's what an organization's staff and an organization's volunteers and donors can connect around is that, you know what, it's enough that we do our level best to help as many people like this one person in this story that you can connect with uh, as, as we can. That's a that's a great answer. And I think, you know, really your answer applies to entrepreneurs as well who may not have great big businesses, but they do help individual people along the way if they're a coach or if they're providing a product or service that makes people's lives better. So I love that answer. And, and you know, the thing is, is that, and I, I again, I, I think that um, often we get caught up in, we think our story is our uh, is all about success and big success and and really the fact that we have changed one person's life and continue to do multiples like you've just said is is really that is the success of of whether you're whether you're a nonprofit or or a business trying to um make a difference in in other people's lives and and really as humans we connect to each other we don't I, you know and that's part of the issue for me is again uh when I work with folks as a story coach Part of what I work with them about is being careful of of ending, you know, solving world problems because people find it hard to buy into that. They find it really hard to understand it. And so, you know, when we look at some of the um, historical stuff around, you know, for developing um, developing world charities and and mm-hmm. charities international development, you know, the idea of famine is just too huge. But to know that we have been able to help one child eat and make it to school and make their lives better that day is is something that actually is something that we can connect with. Um, but people tend to downplay that. So I love the yeah, idea yeah. that you're you're introducing the character. The character is all important. Yeah, and the character is representative, I think, and embedded. I know we're talking about you know how you do this, but a big piece of how you do this is you really understand uh, you know why you're doing it. And yeah. embedded in that is for nonprofits, of course, is a vision and the organization's values and its mission. And if you can't easily and simply say why you're doing the work you're doing, no one is going to donate or right. uh, your advocacy work isn't going to be successful in changing policy. People have to believe that you're an expert and that you genuinely are making a difference and that you care about what you're doing. And all of that has to come through. I regularly walk into an organization and I say, tell me about yourself. And they 
essentially move to their what? They uh, do some <laughs> yes. version of uh, reading me their website, and they and they tell yeah. me who funds them and how many people they serve and That's the different right. areas and catchments. But and how long I'm they've been around? For, <laughs> yeah, what I'm looking for is their is their why. Why I should believe yeah. that the thing that they're doing really matters. And why should I invest? Right, and again, that's a very similar piece for every sector. Why should I invest? Why should I invest my time, my money, um, in that product or service or program? Um, and like you say, it's it's if the if people aren't clear what their why is, they can't. Po- you know, it's hard to create a story that it's going to draw anybody in. Yeah, and it's, uh, you know, I, I, we're sort of more or less talking about Simon Sinek's work here, and it, yeah. uh, it it's really helped. Like it's, re- I think he has single handedly helped an enormous amount of people and businesses and organizations wrap their head around uh, being brave enough to talk about their purpose. I agree. uh, We've always had these words, but, uh, you know, his very simple diagrams have really helped and his charming charming nature seems to have really sold it. Uh, But but it's also really true. So, you know, that's that's the great piece of all that, you know. Absolutely. Now, in terms of so, if we're, we're so say an organization or a business is creating a story, and they're you know, like, let's move into communications for a minute, um, because again, one of the things that that people often do is they create their story and then they sit and they wait and they wait for somebody to figure out what they want them to do. So there's some basic communication stuff. So once you've got your character, once you've got your journey worked out, once you've got your resolution, I always talk to people about the call to action. Um, and yeah. so being really clear about what you want your audience to do next, because um, there's nothing more frustrating than to hear a story that you emotionally connect with and to kind of be left hanging. You don't know what to do next. Yeah, you certainly want to embed uh, that next step. So uh, whether that's, you know, um, if in, in a for-profit situation, asking, uh, asking for, for the sale, uh, or whether that's a nonprofit fundraising letter where you're asking them to give, uh, or, you know, whether it's uh, a piece of uh, communication that's going out and you want them to attend an event or you uh, want them to, uh, you know, hit forward on a, or like on a social media thing. I mean, people need to be given the instruction, uh, and it needs to be pretty clear. Uh, but you've got to make the case first, and yes. it has to resonate, and it has to be, uh, you know, in, embedded, I think, in a way that they can really connect with, and that's why stories really tend to work. But without that last... Without that last piece, the whole thing is really for naught, isn't it? Absolutely. And again, you know, especially when you're telling a story that that, that does grab and then you, you kind of, uh, if, it, if it's had a great arc and you've gone from, you know, potentially gone from feeling content to sad to happy um, mm-hmm. to not know what to do next is very challenging. So, you know what? We are now at the end of our show. So okay. um, that's gone very fast. Yes, I want to thank you. Thank you so much, Jonathan, for taking the time to chat with me today. I really appreciate you taking the time to share your wisdom and your talent. Um, Thank you so much. And um, just to let you know, again, if you want to catch up with Jonathan, you can um, contact him at Laraday Communications. His email is jbennett, and that's J-B-E-N-N-E-T-T, at laradaycommunications.com. And you can get that also on our story-powered site um, if you want to follow up with that. Or you can check out Jonathan's books and writing at www.jonathanbennett.com. Thanks again to Jonathan. That was a really great conversation. Um, and, and, you know, I think that lots of – I've learned loads, and I'm ho- hoping lots of businesses and nonprofits have too. So thanks again, Jonathan. Thanks.
Okay. So if you're wanting to learn more about storytelling and have a chance to practice it and you live somewhere near Toronto in Ontario, I will be holding a story storytelling masterclass in partnership with Lure Communications on March 12th. So if you're looking to get get your stories get your story on and get build up your skills. You can check that out and book tickets at www.verygoodstories.com. Um, you can also email me at leanne at verygoodstories.com as well. So I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to see you there. Uh, please turn into next week's show though. We've got a really great show. We've got Melissa Gallagher from Twist Marketing and she's going to be talking to us about what's your personal brand story. And she's going to helping help us kind of figure out what it is, why we need one and how to create one. So, Story Powered is on every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Thank you for joining me, Liam Picot, and Story, Chan- and Story Powered. We'll see you next week with more story. Thank you for joining us this week for Story Powered. Leanne Pico invites you to tune in for another engaging program next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll help take your story and your business to the next level.